If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing, and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text DANA to 9 Nine nine eight eight nine nine. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Abe was Japan's longest serving prime minister when he left office in 2020 due to ill health. A polarizing figure, he was a right-wing nationalist and conservative and supporter of Japan's military. He fought to amend the country's pacifist constitution in the face of the rising threat from China. While in office, Abe met former President Donald Trump several times to reaffirm Japan's military and trade alliances with the United States. His political opinions were controversial, but the country is united in shock and sympathy at the news of his death. That's kind of a jerk report, I gotta say. That's like, that's major jerk stuff right there from, what was it, CBS? Man, what a jack wagon. I, can I, that woman. Welcome to the show. We got a lot to get into. It's Friday. Dana Lash here with you. And uh, I sent a lot of stuff out, the newsletter last night, chapter and verse on Substack, some of which we're going to be hitting today. So last night I saw the story I saw. I mean, I saw it late last night. I think I put it in our radio Slack, Kane. Like, I don't, I don't know. At some point, when I first saw it, he had been uh, Shinzo Abe, former prime minister of Japan, who was in a parliamentary election. The current prime minister is his protege. He was shot while he was making a speech. And at first, everyone, you know, the way the news reports were is that, oh, he's, uh, you know, it's going to be, it looks like it's, he's, he might be okay. He was rushed to the hospital, et cetera, et cetera. But then it started coming out that, oh, well, he doesn't have any vital signs. And as a result, he was killed by this uh, 40-something-year-old uh, disgrunt. They're still investigating this person. But he had a homemade gun. And the reason I'm telling you he had a homemade gun is because, as you can guess, there's some already some narratives here in the United States building around that. Because we, I mean, heaven forbid, we have people who are... Uh, tyrants here in the United States go one day without being without being jack jack wagons. Totally. The whole thing was caught on video too. the uh, assassination of Shinzo Abe. And uh, it was he was speaking. Uh, he was in the middle of the street. And it was weird because the, the individual was running behind him. And he shot him from behind and missed. And then at that point, Abe turned around and looked and at that, and that's when uh, he exposed his chest because he was shot in the chest. And the individual was tackled. I've got major questions about Abe's security, like major questions about Abe's security. I mean, how do you not have anybody standing behind the guy? 
uh, when and that someone can get that close. I mean, I'm not kidding you. The guy was maybe, I mean, what, 15 feet, if that, away from him, between 15 and 12 feet behind him, was able to get that close and shoot him. And then they had to have security run to him to tackle him. I mean, it's just asinine. What is going on with the security there? And there's a whole investigation happening with that. So, like I said, we got a lot of stuff to, to break down today because this is, it's significant for a number of different reasons. It's significant because uh, this was a, I mean, it was an ally of the, of the United States. I mean, Abe was, I mean, by, I think by Japanese standards, considered a conservative. I mean, he was, in, he was friendly with Trump, and he definitely was, you know, an ally, uh, but what I mean, there's just a lot of questions, a lot of questions. We're going to go over all of that. Now, remember how I said in the beginning when talking about this, that this was a homemade gun, right? It was this homemade gun that this guy had made. And the reason that I tell you this is because now they're trying to, Democrats here are trying to uh, push gun control with it. I'm not even making this up. Joe Biden's statement was one of the stupidest things I've ever read. I saw this. At first, he, he didn't say, he was like one of the last people to say something about it. He already went to, I think he's, he's back in Delaware. After he speaks today, he's going back to Delaware again, you know, going back to his little beach house. So he was one of the last people, I guess he was packing for Delaware. He was one of the last people to say anything about this. And so when he finally, when he finally made a remark, I'm going to open this up here. He had said that he was uh, stunned and outraged and deeply saddened by the shooting death of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, writing that we know violent attacks are never acceptable and that gun violence always leaves a deep scar on the communities that are affected by it. I'm sorry, what? The communities that are affected by it? I mean, it's a whole flipping country. What, what are you talking about, the communities? Gun violence? Are you kidding me? Gun violence? Good grief. So that's that's how the president and they immediately everyone's now going on on 3D printed guns, except it wasn't a 3D printed gun. I mean, this guy used pipes and chunks of wood and black gunpowder. I mean, hell, are you going to start banning pipes and chunks of wood? And the United States didn't invent black gunpowder. So what are you going to do? Good grief. Language people. So one of the most obvious questions that I think uh, people had is, I mean, the fr- I mean, I got to be honest with you. The first thing I thought was, hmm, China? That was the first thing I thought. This was, I mean, ever, the world shocked. This was, I don't understand the whole entire point of why this individual wanted to target Shinzo Abe. I, I, I mean, it's the way that, you know, the, the initial investigation seems to suggest that the guy was, the guy who did it is just a nut job. You know, just a single, maybe, lone wolf. But at the same time, mm, I don't know. I mean, you these are cases, a friend of mine wrote, of insignificant people trying to make themselves significant by targeting more, by greater people. And that makes sense. I mean, this is, this, uh, he was near Osaka, and it was in the morning when it happened. And it was, yeah, homemade, improvised. It was two gunshot wounds. Uh, to the neck and one of the bullets had reached his heart and he died of blood loss Shinzo Abe died of blood loss less than five hours later and this was after multiple transfusions now Japan they've banned guns I mean they're they're banned Um, 
the, I mean, honestly, my first thought was when I first heard it, I thought, was it Yakuza China? I mean, that was, I mean, cause like what, maybe it was something like, like that kind of gang related, maybe Yakuza retaliation. I don't know, but it, it wasn't, it was this guy, his name, uh, his name's Tetsuya Yamagami, a resident of Nara was arrested at the scene on suspicion of attempted murder suspicion they saw him do it the he was a par- he was a former member of the maritime self-defense force according to their government sources and apparently the prefectural police uh, of nara quoted yamagami as saying that it wasn't a grudge against the political beliefs of abe and he was also saying that he was dissat but he was also quoted as saying that he, he was dissatisfied with abe and he, he planned to kill him and one of the things that was noted, and this was one of the Japanese newspapers, uh, Maninchi uh, Shimbum, had reported that he may not, like apparently he had intended to target a senior official of a religious group. I mean, I really, I mean, I'm sure that everybody really wants to know more about this from the investigation because... I mean, he was the, it just, it's wild to think that it was, that he would target Shinzo Abe by accident. Shinzo Abe is a giant in Japanese politics. He is their longest serving member, longest serving prime minister in Japan's history. And he appeared, he remember when uh, they had the Rio Olympics, he dressed up as um, Mario, Super Mario Brothers, because they were hosting the Olympics in Tokyo. Of course, the pand- China's pandemic ruined that. And then, of course, it's he had a great relationship with Trump. He used social media, as it was known, uh, and this is according to a couple of different sources. He used it v- very Trump-esque. So he really, I mean, he was a giant in Japanese politics. I mean, this is, I mean, he and in fact, like I said, the current prime minister is his, you know, is his protege. I mean, and there were times when, I mean, definitely, uh, you have Isaac Shore over at NRO who wrote a great piece about the perceived controversies of Shinzo Abe and how he, you know, some of the, the controversy that was levied at him was because he was, uh, his economic programs and some of the constitutional revisions that he had undertaken. Uh, there were some people who were critical of that. But his, I mean, his economic programs, he was trying to get Japan out of stagflation. Uh, he, was, he was trying to provide some stability. I mean, there are things that he did in Japan that obviously wouldn't fly in the United States. I mean, a lot of the, the spending, etc., we would call that entitlement spending. But, and he didn't accomplish everything that he wanted to do. But he was... Uh, I mean, dominated. I mean, dominated Japanese politics. His, um, their, their economy, and he got a lot of, I think, justifiably credit for that. He lowered the corporate tax rate in Japan. He, they had, they, he, he led all of these structural reforms that really opened up even more the Japanese economy. And it was, uh, what, what do they call it? Abenomics? It's Abenomics. His, he had a three-prong approach. 
So it was monetary easing, as Shore noted, fiscal stimulus in the form of increased government spending. So that's where, you know, you maybe would not be able to do that here. That sounds a little more Democrat. But the structural reforms that he encouraged, too, like lowering the corporate tax rate, definitely conservative. And he wanted Japan to be, I mean, you're talking about one of the, what is it, like the second biggest economy? In the world, I mean, massive. They wanted, but and for that, they wanted he wanted Japan to have more participation and more of a figure on the international stage. So they were looking at one of the things that he did. Uh, they talking to their bicameral legislature. Uh, Abe said that they were going to look at a foreign policy ashore rights based on the fundamental values of freedom, democracy, basic human rights, and rule of law. He visited forty nine countries just in his first twenty months on the job. Imagine Biden doing something like that. They wanted to expand Japanese, the Japanese perspective on economy, business, etc. Past you know South Korea, past China, past the United States. Uh, they had reached an agreement with Australia. They had uh, India, all kinds of stuff. And there were, I mean, he's you know he had his controversies, but he was a giant in Japanese politics, and that's why my first thought was, oh my gosh. You know, because it was it was under, you know, obvious protégés, too, that were leading this this whole let's we're going to separate from China and bring our uh, manufacturing back to Japan so that we can be more self-sustaining, et cetera, et cetera. So there's uh, we're going to talk more about this. But this was it was a shock. That was a shock. I mean, of all the people and of all the countries. But it just goes to show you evil is everywhere. Now, yesterday I was on Tucker Carlson, uh, and of course uh, I was talking to Tucker's folks after we got off air, but they were doing this story on this unbelievable story, which we're going to dive into, Jose Alba. And I wrote a piece, if you get uh, the newsletter, I wrote a piece on this. Jose Alba uh, was, well, is a business owner, and he was in Hamilton Heights in, in Manhattan, business owner running a bodega. And I just, I was struck because... It's insane that this man was sent to Rikers for defending himself on camera against a guy whose broke-ass girlfriend couldn't afford a bag of potato chips. So she calls her man to come in and manhandle Jose Alba. And so her man comes in, walking in, wearing a $350 t-shirt, designer t-shirt. That's the first problem. And she's out there. She stabbed Jose Alba, too. I'm going to break this story down. But the fact that this, it started with some broke chick who couldn't afford a bag of potato chips, and she calls her boyfriend who's wearing a $350 t-shirt, maybe, empowered girl, maybe your broke ass could afford some potato chips if your boyfriend wasn't walking around in a $350 designer t-shirt. Priorities. We're going to dive into this, because I'm, I'm, it is insane. Jose Alba should be given a medal. He should have been given a medal. He should be a Citizens Award. And I'm going to contrast the treatment of Jose Alba, and the treatment of the people, the two people who entered the country illegally? Wait until you hear the difference in bail and treatment. You're going to flip. We got a lot. It's getting hot outside, mostly from all the grills firing up. Summer grilling is upon us, and if you're looking for the perfect cuts to put on your grill this year, look no further than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is the place to get 100% American meat this summer. I love how easy it is to get all my favorite cuts of beef, chicken, and even seafood shipped right to my door. With meat prices higher than ever, Good Ranchers is giving you free steaks. That's right, free steaks. So right now, get two free 18-ounce prime center 
Uppercut Ribeyes with my code Dana. That's a $100 offer free to you. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana for over two pounds of free ribeye steaks added to your order at no cost to you. This is a limited time deal, so don't miss out on your free 18-ounce prime center cut ribeyes because I promise you they're not going to be around for long. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana and use code Dana. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Dana, code Dana. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. So NBC reports that in Arizona, there's a new law that makes it illegal to record police officers within eight feet. They said the person recording police within eight feet can face a misdemeanor charge after they are warned once to back up. It was signed Wednesday. It goes into effect in September. It was sponsored by State Rep. John Kavanaugh and signed by Governor Ducey. And they said it's unlawful for a person to to knowingly make a video recording if the person making of law enforcement, if the uh, person making the video recording is within eight feet where they know that enforcement activity is occurring. I mean, I think that that, I don't know. I mean, there's a difference between interfering. Is that, I mean, is that the purpose? Is that what they're trying to do is stop interfering? But then why don't you just say interfering? I don't know. I'm just not cool with stuff like that. because, And I don't care if it's Republicans that did it. What happens if you have Democrats that are using, you know, stormtroopers, for the lack of a better way to put it? You know, we, like we've seen when, you know, people were getting arrested for the pandemic and going out doors of lockdown. I want to come back to this because I got some I got some dissent. Uh, Kalamazoo may decriminalize public urination and littering. Are they on their way to go into San Francisco town? I don't know. That's what it looks like. Kalamazoo, Michigan. Looks like they're abandoning that common sense. And Japan is going to start jailing people for online insults. Serious jail time, too. Man, they would put me under the floor for this. We got more to come. Stick with us. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Former Trump White House official Brooke Rollins explains how she and other conservatives are preparing to help the next Republican president advance their agenda and successfully fight the bureaucracy. I'm Bill Walton. On the latest edition of The Bill Walton Show, Rollins also explains how President Trump was able to accomplish so much despite the government working against him and how getting the right congressional staffers is vital. Follow The Bill Walton Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Majority writes, and I quote, Women, I'm just a quote now from the majority. Women are not without electoral or political power. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. 
Repeat the line. Oh Women are not without electoral and or political or, or maybe precise, not and or or. Political. Oh, my gosh. I'm just watching the faces of Xavier Becerra and Kamala Harris standing behind Joe Biden, who just said this moments ago. Welcome back to the program. Dana last year. I'm surprised he didn't end it with, you know, go blank yourself, San Diego. I'm surprised he didn't follow up with that. Can I just hear that one part again? Because I. I just, guys, come on. Listen to this. <laughs> repeat the line. Oh, my gosh. Women are not end without... Quote. End repeat quote. the line. Repeat the line. Oh, my gosh. Stop it. ...who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Golly. Yeah, so... Okay. That's our president. I mean, the fact that he can walk without... Tri- well, no, he can't do that either. He can't even talk and ride a bike. I don't know. I, I just, guys, I just, oh, just moments ago, I was just watching Kamala Harris's face and Xavier Becerra's face, and it was just funny because they knew exactly what was happening. It was just funny to watch it because you could see him. They were trying to keep a straight face, but it's funny. It's just a joke. This is such a joke. They're doing this thing where they're trying to act like uh, that he's he's going to do something to protect abortion federally or something for women, et cetera, et cetera. Except, you know, the Supreme Court said what it said. It goes to the states. It's not in Article 1, Section 8. You can't bastardize the 14th Amendment and privacy clause to try to argue that there, it's an issue of privacy. That's just dumb. It's their fault that they, they were so thirsty that they screwed it up in the first place. And again, I just want to point out that nobody, nobody is going to stop and go, hmm, remember how this all got started? Norma McCorvey, a.k.a. Jane Roe, claimed that she was raped by a group of black men. Falsely claimed. Just want to put that out on the table. No one's going to no one gonna come back to that? We're just going to walk on by? Is that what we're doing? Okay. Wow. Yeah, he's, um, it's not going to work. He's, it, it's this, e, this executive order. And the fact that I don't know, I just don't see how there's, 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 it's just a nothing burger. This is an absolute nothing burger. That's it. That's it. So he's doing this executive order that is meaningless. He's doing it as a band-aid over all the, the screaming and moaning from Democrats who are upset with him over this. And he's, he also, I don't know if you saw this too. Let me pull this up. Uh, border patrol remember those border patrol agents that were at uh that everyone said were whipping people remember that yeah so he's now announced punishment for the age for the agents at the center of the uh controversy they're trying to save joe biden's polling i have new new record low polling today it's like every day i say this and i'm not exaggerating so and the photographer who even took the picture said, yeah, you guys are lying. This is not, exa- that's not what happened at all. They were holding the reins and actually trying to keep the horses safe from these, these migrants that were crossing the border, these Haitian migrants. Apparently, they're going to be, what's uh, no pay for 14 months or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's for, for a lie. For doing their job. For doing their, yeah, for a lie, for just doing their job. So that's the other thing that they're doing. They, uh, the charges that they had, they were accused of whipping. They said, oh, it was poor judgment. And 
Uh, that's the first charge. It was unsafe conduct. You caused a non-citizen to fall backwards into the Rio. Oh, my gosh. You caused a non-citizen to fall back. Well, that's kind of a consequence of trying to illegally cross into a country, right? Through the Rio? That you might fall backwards into shut up. And then, that, I mean, these are literally the charges. Poor judgment, Go uh, t- telling someone to go back, unsafe conduct, uh, causing a non-citizen to fall into the river. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the river that the citizen, the non-citizen crossed into. Yeah. Yeah. That's... So it's poor this ju- is a joke. Poor judgment, quote-unquote, a misdemeanor or a felony? Do you see? This is what we talked about last night. And we... It's a, the people who violate the law are given so much more. Actually, they're the ones who are protected, not the law-abiding. Case in point, Jose Alba... The bodega in Hamilton Heights, New York. I want to. I wrote about this in my newsletter. Here's a tale of two different, actually technically three, but here's a tale of of two different stories on immigration. So I shared with you yesterday the story about the two illegal entrants who came into the United States illegally. They were planning an Independence Day massacre with illegally possessed guns, and they were arrested. And according to reports, $15,000 bond. Now, if you enter the country legally, as Jose Alba did 30 years ago, you do everything right. He became a citizen 14 years ago. You run your own bodega. You add value to the community. You're thrown in Rikers with a $250,000 bond. For defending yourself on camera against two thugs, one of which was a violent ex-con. And by the way, I will note that that $250,000 bond is half of what that POSDA Alvin Bragg in Manhattan demanded. He wanted Jose Alba on $500,000 bond. It was halved. And then after public outcry, and I will add only after public outcry, did they reduce it then to $50,000 and they said he could go home for 10%, which... Uh, the which his boss raised and his son and some other bodega owners. 61-year-old man, he was working at his bodega. Now, what happened is that a, a woman came in with a kid and apparently her EBT or debit card, I saw it reported as debit card in one place and EBT card in the other, and like others. So EBT or debit card, she went to get uh, some potato chips and it was declined. And she got mad when the chips were taken back when Jose Alba took his merchandise back. And so it was, that's that's what it was reported. And then apparently she said, well, I'm going to, she was quoted as saying, I'm going to get my man to, you know, to come and deal with this. And she went and she got her boyfriend, Austin Simon, who was out on eight priors, one of which was assaulting a police officer. He's a violent ex-con. He's 35 years old. She calls in, calls in Austin Simon for backup. So Simon comes toddler stomping into this bodega wearing a $350 designer t-shirt. You could look it up at Saks. I linked it for you in the newsletters. $350. I got, can I stop here? $350 for a t-shirt. That is a tax on stupidity. Now that is assuming that he didn't steal it. 
Now, I say that because after witnessing his behavior towards 61-year-old Jose Alba, it is entirely within the realm of believability that he may have. So he starts fighting with Alba. Now, at one point, which apparently the DA and nobody else on cable news, except for a couple of outlets, wanted to note, the broke A-double snake's uh, girlfriend produced a knife from her purse. She stabbed Alba once in the hand, once in the arm, and in the shoulder. And so Alba and Simon are uh, kind of wrestling in the, in the back area of this bodega. And so then Alba grabs the knife because Simon's hurting him. Alba grabs a knife that he, uses, that he used to open boxes and he stabs Simon several times in the chest and neck. Now Alba has been charged with murder for defending himself. And all of this was on their security footage although all of this was 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 on their security footage you could it's all on camera and so some of it happened off some of the stabbing happened off camera but you can you can see I mean he I mean I have screenshots without you know any blood but so he's arrested on site the girlfriend's able to walk around nothing wrong with her she doesn't get charged nothing The consequence, as I said on Tucker's program last night, the consequence of choosing, willfully choosing to engage in violent criminal behavior is that you may get stabbed by a bodega owner. The consequence of willfully choosing to engage in violent criminal behavior might mean that you are shot by a homeowner when you bust up into their house in the middle of the night and they may have a 30-round magazine. If criminals do not want to risk provoking such a, con- such a consequence, then maybe they should not blank around and find out. But this is kind of the, the way of it lately. Self-defense and following the law are considered immoral. The left upholds victimhood as a virtue. It is virtuous to allow yourself to be victimized. Jose Alba's crime is that he didn't recognize Austin Simon's right to assault him, beat him, and steal from him. Jose Alba's crime is that he fought back after he was stabbed by this welfare girlfriend of Austin Simon. And as I said, this skank, his girlfriend, oh yes it is, no, 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 she is. She doesn't have a problem. She can't, she's so broke she can't even afford a bag of chips. But she has no problem with her boyfriend walking around with a $350 t-shirt. He's got his jewelry on. He's got his th- designer t-shirt. She can't even afford, afford a bag of chips. How is that a man? <laughs> Come on. Where's your priorities? Man, some of these females. No, this, this is asinine. Criminals don't have a right to assault you, to stab you to rob you, to rape you, to kill you. Criminals don't have a right to bust up in your house in the middle of the night. They don't have a right to bust up your bodega. They don't have a right to carjack you. But that is what restorative justice is in a nutshell. That is the judicial rot that I mentioned time and time again. This restorative justice, this rot in the system that is preached and practiced and promoted by 
snake oil salesmen like Alvin Bragg, and it's financed by people like George Soros. And that's not just uh, hyperbole, and it's not speculation. There are actual receipts when you look at who donated to whom's campaign, and you can see him and his organization on there. There's a little website called Open Secrets that CNN and MSNBC, when they defend George Soros's financing of these restorative justice judicial rot DAs and judges, they like to pretend that it doesn't exist and that this isn't where we are all getting our information from, an open website on the Internet. Now, Alvin Bragg has to go. New York is ground zero for that for restorative justice. Have you seen what their bail reform has done? Daniel Enriquez, the cop who was killed by a guy who got a wrist slap after a previous violent crime, including a weapons charge. And that dude was out on the street again to reoffend. That, ladies and gentlemen, is recidivism. And this wrist slapping of these criminals, that is what's driving it. And what gets me is the bait and switch that these Democrats engage in. Come to the United States. Live your dream. But I'll be damned if you defend your life. I got a one finger salute for that. We got more to come. We have uh, a whole other hour on the way. Actually, a whole other two hours on the way. If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about Keltec and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50-round double-stack magazine which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants, from sporting, hunting, to personal defense, and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting, because it's well-balanced and thus accurate. You can definitely see Keltec's reliability and quality at work. The P50 is fun on the range, but it's also great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P50 and all other Keltec weapons, and products, check out Keltechweapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. Keltech, creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Ten years old. And she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. Wait, what were those words? Terminate her presidency? He. This is all in the same speech today, guys. That's the president who also read the end of quote repeat line line in his scripted speech. He is really in bad form today. I think that's why they're rushing him on uh, rushing him to Delaware. I mean, I, okay, so l- l- there's more. Oh, wait, but there's more. Kane, wait, wait, wait. I got to have this one too. Check this one out. This is from Greg Price. He caught this. Just, just, yeah. Just get this one. This is about Shinzo Abe. Um, the fact is that uh, one thing did strike my, get my attention, that this is the first use of a weapon to murder someone in, the, in Japan. And I think we have thus far have 3,000, I won't hold me to the number, 688 or, I mean, between three and 4,000 cases. They've won. One. What? 
what is that? The quote, let me read the quote in case that helps. One thing did strike my attention that this is the first use of a weapon to murder someone in Japan. And I think we have thus far 3,688 or between three to 4,000 cases. They have one. What? Dude, this is just a mess. It is an absolute mess. I, I just, and now everyone's, he said that uh, when he was talking about Roe, what we're witnessing wasn't constitutional judgment. It was an exercise in raw political power. Wait, what? How, what? It is actually about the Constitution. Executive orders are not about the Constitution. He's using literal raw power with an EO. Oh my gosh. If you want it to be law, have Congress pass it. It's super easy. Not really, but that's the, that's the way you go. Oh my gosh, you guys. We have a million things coming up. I just, the media malpractice around Shinzo Abe is ridiculous. We're going to talk about that. The latest with the Jose Alba case, because, you know, GoFundMe dropped his, uh, his, his fundraiser for legal fees. Thankfully, there's gifts in Go. I got all of that and a million more things coming at you. You don't want to miss. Stick with us. Another hour of the Dana Show coming right up. Democrats are getting worried about Senate races in blue states. Hillary makes a pathetic attempt to demonize Justice Thomas, and USA Today is the latest newsroom to crush diversity of thought. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives, and hopefully a lot of laughs too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, as you said rightly, it's uh, it's been shocking uh, for Japan. Um, you know, this is the kind of thing that, as, as several people have commented here, um, happens in America, not in Japan. Um, no, gun violence is exceedingly rare. Uh, violence. Political violence, at least in in the modern era, is also exceedingly rare. Exceedingly rare. Now, first off, it doesn't have. They have a higher suicide rate than we do, but you know. <sighs> Some of the hot takes coming out about this. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. That was some MSNBC talking head whose name I don't care to. I don't I'm, I don't know. I just like I just wanted to use it as an example of how ridiculous some of the hot takes are and the analysis in the wake of the assassination of former Japanese prime minister Shinzo Abe. And I'm really. I mean, the, the investigation's ongoing. I still cannot get over and we have the video. If you listen to the nationally syndicated radio show, Coast to Coast and hundreds of different markets, you won't see the video. The vid- We also have our simulcast on YouTube, and it's also aired on the first. And I only wanted to show it to show for a couple of things, uh, because everyone was wondering, well, if the if the killer approached him from behind, how did it how did it get him in the chest? And it was the first gunshot uh got Abe's attention and he turned around and it's when he turned around that it hit him in the side. And another thing to note too, because I saw there were two different guys in another photo. I saw another guy with the briefcase, but there was another guy who runs behind him and tries to open this briefcase. It's a, it's a ballistics briefcase. It's this briefcase. that's supposed to be like body armor and it didn't apparently open. (laughs) They couldn't get it open. I, the security there's, I got a lot of questions about the security. And one of the things that Kane noted, too, and I did see this in reading some of the Japanese coverage of it, because they have 
that's the land of gun control. You can't go and can't go to a range there. You can't go and buy a gun. That's why. And Kane and I were talking about if this was a shotgun, my gosh, he would have had to improvise the kind of shot that he used. And we were discussing how some of the analysis in the wake of Abe's assassination is that maybe they had been lulled into this false sense of security in thinking that they had effectively legislated any access to weapons you know out of out of possibility and that's how that guy got so close because if you look can you imagine here in the united states i've been to events where there have been former presidents speaking and they have secret service still and the first thing that they do is they they advance the area it's locked down they advance the area they they go in they check all the if it's outside they look at all of the buildings in the perimeter and they get it effectively closed off and there is always you know multiple layers of security the the back is one of the most protected and he was speaking from behind this roadblock but there was nothing behind like there were people just like milling about and they would stop. They were talking and they would stop and look. So you could tell that they weren't necessarily part of the event that Abe was speaking at. It was just weird to me to see that an absence of security like that from the biggest political giant in modern Japanese history. And it, it was just wild. Even before when I saw pictures, even before, uh, before even when the, the shots were fired. One of my first thoughts was, wait, 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 what's in his back line? What's that? Where are the, because everybody was like to his side and to his front. And that's why everybody had to run back. They, one of the security guys had to grab the ankle. He fell and had to grab the ankle of the suspect who was trying to flee. And that is how they were another, another security agent was able to get up and tackle him. What if he wasn't able to grab his ankle? I mean, oh my gosh, how do you get that close? This is just crazy. So I, 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 my first thought was, oh my gosh, Yakuza, China, like what, who did this? Because one of the things that Shinzo Abe is, is, gets a lot of credit for is he was moving Japan to a place. I mean, economically, Japan's a powerhouse, but in terms of manufacturing and even financing and more, they were moving, he wanted to move Japan to a place to counter China's rising influence. And he was on that path successfully. So I'm curious as to, I would imagine that this would steal his protégés, including the current prime minister, even more so in that direction, which they have not deviated from. It's been very successful for Japan. They got them out of the area, of the, the, the place of stagnation. They had a rough time in the 90s. They really brought Japan out of that. Um, I'm just really curious to see what's going to happen after. And I really want to know more about this suspect because, you know, in the early days after something like this happens, there's all this weird reporting. And there was one report that was suggesting it was from a Japanese publication suggesting that his actual target was like some religious leader that was at the event. I don't necessarily put a lot of stock on that because I just not because of the way that he was running. And there was really nobody else except some of the security guys in the vests that were standing by Abe. So I don't know. But, I mean, the information will come out, but I'm very uh, interested in seeing how this plays out with the, with the 
influence uh, Japan's direction, the elections. They have their parliamentary elections happening. Everything is apparently still on track. It's just, it's unbelievable. Just unbelievable. And of course, excuse me, the narratives that have been surrounding this, immediately our, our media goes into, oh, well, you know, this... This is, uh, a, they, he printed a gun, 3D printed gun. But it wasn't a 3D printed gun. The guy used uh, pipes, some tape, uh, wood, chunks of wood, and some uh, black gunpowder. That's what he was using. I, I, it's just weird. The suspect who was arrested at the scene, said that he was dissatisfied with former Prime Minister Abe and aimed to kill him. It's not a grudge against the former Prime Minister's political beliefs. That's the other thing that makes me think, you know, he was targeting Abe. It's just weird. How are you dissatisfied? It's not a grudge against his political beliefs, but you're dissatisfied with him? What does that mean? Just odd, odd stuff. The investigation is still ongoing. But yeah, it was like black duct tape, some pipes for the barrels, and then the wood stock, and then a piece of wood to balance. It's just weird. He, he handmade it. And apparently they went and confiscated a bunch of other similar homemade, handmade guns that he, that he had. But some of these people were saying, oh, it was, it was 3D printed. It, it wasn't 3D printed. There was no 3D printing of the gun. And I realize that that's something the left is trying to seize on as a way to say that, you know, it's like a, it's like a zip gun. That's what they that's the phrase that they use when you're talking about something like steel tubes and, you know, hardware stuff from the hardware store. But there's purposeful targeted in disinformation about this. And as Kane notes, yeah, most 3D printed guns, some of them do. But it just depends on the quality of the plastic and the quality of the the milling and, and how well it's milled out. I mean, I've I fired a plastic. I've pl- fired 3D guns before. I would not carry a 3D printed gun. I would rather have a bat, I think. Because they melt, and that's why you can only fire them a couple times, if that. It's just not, it's not a reliable thing. I mean, it's just, um, but, it, but they're, that the whole point was that they were trying to give, they were trying to give this intimation that, oh, this is 3D printed gun, look at this, and, and use that as some sort of leverage to go out and ban that here in the United States. They're, it's, it's. And all of the all of the guns that they said that they had seized from this guy's house, electronic ignition, multi-barrel, wooden frame, tape, 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 lots of tape. Everything's wrapped in tape. That's not 3D print. That's not 3D printing. So when you hear that, ignore that from these people. It's ridiculous. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, Joe Biden's we shared Biden's uh, his statement on it. It was he went into the gun violence territory. It was ridiculous. So I don't know. I just CBS mornings. They had a uh, let me pull this up. They apparently they called him a polarizing figure, a right wing nationalist and a conservative whose political opinions were controversial. They actually said that. We've yeah, we've we've played it already. They've they've actually said this. That's just disgusting. The only thing that they know about Shinzo Abe is that he got along well with Trump. And based on that alone, people are like, oh, He's Nazi adjacent then. That's all they know. They don't know anything about him. Okay, so a few other things here. We were telling you about the case of Jose Alba. 
the 61-year-old bodega owner who was charged with murder after defending himself against a thug and his girlfriend. The girlfriend tried to buy a bag of potato chips, her EBT or debit card. I don't know which one. Uh, It's been reported as either in everything from New York Post to New York Times uh, was declined. And so when Alba took the chips back, the girlfriend... Uh, said that she was going to get her man to come and talk to Alba or come and yell at Alba. Her man comes in wearing a $350 designer shirt and proceeds to rough Alba up. The girlfriend produces a knife from her purse and stabs him in the hand, arm, and shoulder. And so at that point, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting, and then Alba grabs a knife that he told police that he uses to open boxes when they get deliveries of merchandise at the store, and he defended himself. He stabbed uh, Austin Simon, the 35-year-old ex-con with eight priors, one of them included assaulting a police officer, stabs him to defend himself, uh, stabs him in the neck and chest. Uh, he kills him, and that's a consequence of being a criminal and trying to rob somebody is that you might get stabbed and killed. If you don't like that consequence, don't blank around and find out. And so then they take all, but they put him in Rikers. Alvin Bragg, the uh, ridiculous DA in Manhattan, wanted him on $500,000 bond. They halved it to two fifty, and then after after public pressure, reduced it to fifty k and allowed him to go home on ten percent uh, put down. And his boss, Alba's boss, did that, and his son and other bodega owners. This guy has never ever had any kind of criminal history, criminal action ever. He is an American citizen became an American citizen 14 years ago, immigrated legally from the Dominican Republic 30 years ago. And you know what galls me is that they were trying, they're throwing the book at this dude. The girlfriend who stabbed him is walking around. She started this whole thing. You know what else gets me? The two people who entered the United States illegally and were in illegal possession of guns and were planning an Independence Day massacre in Virginia, they got $15,000 bond. It's the big bait and switch. Come to the United States. Live the dream. But if you, if you try to defend your life, we'll put you in Rikers. Unbelievable. This is par for the course, though, for Alvin Bragg in New York. Par for the course. We're going to talk. Uh, I got my friend Brad Thor. He's a, a former cop. He's going to talk to talk about some of this stuff with us because I'm just... The crime rate in New York City. You know what? They can't even get businesses to open. They're having trouble getting keeping businesses open in, in Manhattan right now. You think this is going to help? Good heavens. Now, a few other things, too. Uh, protesters reportedly forced Brett Kavanaugh to flee a restaurant Wednesday night. It's the, uh, uh, the abortion Karens. That group, whatever. They, the shutdown Karens, whatever. They uh, ran him out of a restaurant. The restaurant responded. We're going to get into that as well. We're also, <clears throat> excuse me, going to talk about how the mob got a Midwest college graduate f- uh, fired from his job in New York. Uh, we have a bunch of economic headlines as well. The America's labor force is down 353,000 in June. We're going to talk about that. We're going to discuss how the FBI didn't finish over a million background checks to stop a sale in time. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Such a great intro to a song. Police say that a woman called 911 three times 
before she was ultimately murdered in Ohio. She and her six-year-old daughter. Aisha Nelson first called 911 on June 22nd around 5.30 p.m. to ask authorities how to file a police report. She said her boyfriend, Waverly Hawes, was threatening to kill her. Uh, they, and she, uh, this was according to Montgomery County Regional Dispatch Records. She says that he was armed and he threatened her life. And then she had called again because they, they said she had to go down to her local station, et cetera, et cetera. But she had called repeatedly and um, asking for an officer to meet her, like at a family dollar, so she could file a police report. And she ended up she ended up being killed. I think they're investigating. Well, they are investigating into how this good heavens, because, I mean, it was actionable and he did it. Uh, Dave Chappelle buys 54 acres of land to stop a housing development near his mansion, also in Ohio. He moved to a small Ohio town, Yellow Springs. There was a land developer that was going to build a big new subdivision right next to his land. And so they wouldn't work with him. So he bought the land so they couldn't do it. That's hysterical. He was ta- he had talked about that, too. I think he mentioned it in one of his stand up uh, shows, his, his specials. Uh, another member of the White House communications team is leaving Kate Bedingfield. Uh, this is there are a number of people actually leaving the communications team uh, and she's worked with him since he was vice president. That's how long this that's how long Kate Bedingfield has worked with uh, Biden. And she's uh, I mean, I would imagine she's going to go. She'll probably end up on uh, cable news network is typically what happens. They would announce it like Saki did, but she probably doesn't have it inked yet. But anyway, so she's been with him for a long time. Uh, she's like one of several that have been that have left and uh, just recently. New study finds that working out only on weekends can boost your health just as much as exercising daily. The Weekend Warrior, they said if you're the type of person who crams your physical activity into just a couple of days, apparently it's just as healthy as working out every day. Huh. That's kind of interesting. Huh. And uh, I love this headline from Daily Caller. Woman nags country into giving her an award. Megan Rapinoe was one of 17 recipients of the Medal of Honor, and she got it because she's a lesbian soccer player. That's about it. Brad Thor joins us next. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. DanaLash.com. Find chapter and verse on Substack, where I send you all my prep for the day and also some deep dives on other big issues, like the story involving Jose Alba and that ridiculous, ridiculous charge that he got for defending himself. One of the first people I thought of when all this was going down and I was reading this story because this is his wheelhouse. I mean, yes, you know, writing books and all that stuff is also in his wheelhouse. But my longtime friend, Brad Thor, who is a New York Times number one best-selling author, he is a master of the genre. In fact, I think he's called literally king of the thrillers. I don't know if they give you like a belt buckle for that. In Texas, that's what they would do. Something, you know, like very, you know, I I would wear it if I was him. Uh, But he's got, we're going to talk about his new book that he has out. uh, And I'm really excited about that. And also, I want to ask him, too, about some of the rumors I've been reading about the movie series and all this stuff. I feel like he's not going to answer me on that, but we're going to try anyway. But uh, Brad Thor, without further ado, good to see you, my friend. It's been way too long. It's been way too long, Dana. It's great to see you. Of course. I, and I, I, by the way, I have to say, I am very envious of your man cave. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the bar back there. I'm I've telling got all the you. books all around. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's super nice. You'll have to, we'll have to do some like girl talk about decorating tips. Anyway, uh, first off, I, wanted, I definitely want to get to your book, but I've got to ask you, 
Because, you know, if people don't know about your background, I mean, you I mean, you have a background in law enforcement. You were with the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, you you advise uh, you've advised law enforcement organizations, you know, et cetera. One of the things that I think is like one of the biggest threats to law abiding citizens is this rot of restorative justice where you have these repeat mm-hmm. offenders and the recidivism rate. This I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that you've seen the Jose Alba case, the bodega owner in Hamilton yep. Heights. Yep. What kind of message is this sending to criminals? I mean, to law, the law abiding, we see that, OK, well, we're obviously prioritizing criminal welfare over the innocent. But what what message is this sending to these repeat offenders? That anything goes and that there's no penalties. So there's no cash bail nonsense that they have in New York is ridiculous. I mean, even the Democratic governor of New York is against what the uh, the DA is doing there in New York City. So it, it's a big problem. And I watched the video. First of all, that was it's amazing that this guy had the wherewithal to come up over his attacker's arm to be able to stab him in the neck. I mean, it's the guy feared for his life. And that's the only, and you know that as someone who's a concealed carry uh, weapons holder, that it's, you know, it's it's concerned for your, uh, uh, over great bo- bodily harm right. or your life. And so this is somebody who had every right to defend himself. They lock him up. And the guy they should be locking up and never should have gotten out was the offender who went after him. So, And they took his GoFundMe page down to help raise bail and all this kind of stuff. It's ridiculous. It's the wrong message. And, you know, I always come back on this stuff, Dana, to Willie Sutton, the bank robber. And when he was asked by the FBI, why do you rob banks? And he said, that's where the money is. So these people are preying on the innocent because they know, particularly in a place like New York, they're not going to be armed, at least not with a handgun. And it's going to be very difficult for them to fight back. Yeah, very difficult for them to fight back, even after the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, even after that case, it's still kind of slow going. Hopefully, I mean, this is I mean, it's a tale of the guy who he he does it right. He immigrates to the country legally 30 years ago, becomes a citizen 14 years ago, adding to the value of the community with his bodega. And I compare that to the, the two illegal entrants in Virginia who came in planning an Independence Day massacre in illegal possession of firearms. They get $15,000 bail. Alvin Bragg wanted half a million dollar bail for this guy what i mean that's it's like a bait and switch with democrats concerning immigration it's ridiculous and this man posed no threat to the community this guy was a pillar of his community so to ask for bail that high that somehow he was a flight risk it's just it was ridiculous and it it makes a mockery of the justice system this guy's gotta go the same way the ultra woke san francisco da got chucked out yeah so Hopefully Uh, that'll happen. It's been a weird news day, as you can imagine, with all the stuff with the Japanese prime minister, which uh, and now and because you work with Department of Homeland Security, you know, all of this stuff, you see threats and you also understand, you know, foreign and domestic threats, too. I wanted to get your take on this assassination of Shinzo Abe. The thing that blows my mind, and we're talking to our good friend, New York Times, number one bestselling author, Brad Thor. He's got a new book out, Rising Tiger, which we're going to talk about. But the thing that really gets me, a, a former prime minister, no security behind him, and this guy who apparently said he didn't hold a political grudge, he just didn't like Shinzo Abe, comes running up with a, a homemade, like, crap, like a zipper gun with two pipes and a, you know, real primitive-looking chunk of wood. How, I mean, I guess they've been really lulled into a sense of security because of gun control? 
Yeah, so last year in Japan, they had 10 uh, homicides via uh, firearm, and eight of those involved the Yakuza. So it's a really small amount of firearm attacks, but there's knives and things like that. So whatever security you had, it's difficult because you want a photo op, right? You don't want it to look like you're afraid and you're, yeah. you've are you got the security close by. And this is what happens. And this is being called a gun, a gun, a gun, a gun, a gun. And I've seen pictures. It looks like two pipe bombs that were duct taped onto a piece of wood with something you could hold. So I'm not against you, but just in general with right. the media, I'm pushing back on this narrative that somehow this was a homemade gun. It's an improvised explosive device is what it is. That's a and that's point. the way we should be referring to it. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I, somebody at CBS and and I think even ABC were saying it was a 3D printed gun. That's not a 3D printed gun. No, it's not. It, it was a real hillbilly piece of something. <laughs> it was definitely no 3D. I mean, it had the Alabama chrome, the duct tape on it and stuff. Yeah, this was Alabama not, chrome. This was, that's yeah, a band name. I, 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 yeah, it's, I, I don't want to make light of the assassination because right. uh, I, I was texting with the former national security advisor, Robert O'Brien, this morning over this yeah. uh, from the Trump administration. And Robert had gotten to know uh, Shinzo Abe with all of his visits to Mar-a-Lago and to the White House and things like this and said he was an absolutely great man, a great human being. This is a massive loss for the people of Japan. Uh, and, and it's just you don't want to see someone murdered like that. I don't care what your grudge is against the guy. Uh, obviously, the person who took him out is very, very sick. And uh, we, listen, if anything, this disproves the craziness that we get here with gun laws, because here's somebody who couldn't get it. They had some of the tightest gun control in the world. This guy just made a weapon, right. just like the worst school uh, school attack ever in the history of our country is the Bath School massacre that was done in Michigan, yeah. and that was done with explosives. So these nuts, unfortunately, will find a way. In, in, encroaching on the rights of law-abiding gun owners is not the way to stop this stuff from happening. I wish there was more mental health things we could do, but sometimes stuff happens. That's unfortunately, I'm not saying it's okay, but sometimes people who need mental health fall through the cracks. Yeah. I wish there was a better thing we could do to help them before they, they hurt themselves or other people. Yeah, I wish so too. One last quick question on this, talking with Brad Thor and his new book, Rising Tiger, is out. And then, of course, I've been reading all this stuff about Lines of Lucerne and maybe I've heard a little rumor that maybe you would like Scott Eastwood to play. We're going to talk about that. But uh, as it relates to this, I mean, I think one of the reasons why it, this uh, this is shocked. Well, I mean, he was a uh, Shinzo Abe was a giant in Japanese politics, but an ally to the U.S. Regardless of who was president, I mean, was really uh, getting it got Japan out of the stagflation. Was really helping to beef up their economy with Abenomics and all of this, but also really encouraging their government to rise to meet China's rising influence. Does that Absolutely. what does this put a hurdle in that or does he have enough protégés? Has he made enough of a mark to uh, hedge against that in his death? It's going to depend on how uh, over the next several days and weeks, how the Japanese public reacts to this and what they what they see here. If there's going to be support for his party or there's not going to be support. Mm -hmm. Japan is a very important player in what we call the quad, which yeah. is the United States, Australia, Japan and India. Uh, in fact, I play upon that in Rising Tiger, the need to kind of counter China with almost an Asian version of NATO, if you will, because of yeah. the expansionism of China. And so, uh, yeah, it's a real blow for that country. Uh, and it's just it, it's it's doubly shocking because you don't see this kind of thing happen in uh, Japan. Yeah, you de you definitely don't. And I I mean I would because I know their parliamentary elections are getting ready. You know are are getting ready to happen. Uh, it seems like everything is still a go, but we'll see what happens. We'll see if that influence can still last. Okay, so. Your new book, Rising Tiger, you just mentioned that you played a lot on that whole 
uh, you know, mm-hmm. the 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 uh, quad the, the and the associations that those countries have, which, of course, you know, was also kind of attributed to Abe as well. Uh, I, I got to But I want to go to your first book, the Lions of Lucerne, because is that being made into a movie? Everything says in development and nothing's been announced. What is going on? So we we are at a studio. I had I got my pick of directors. I picked the biggest and best action director in Hollywood. Got him. Uh, and so we are finalizing our writer and that's where we are. So it's on track. It's a, it's a train that's been placed on train tracks and they're starting to shovel the coal into the boiler. So we're, we're, we're going sure and steady. Now, my next question is whether or not your title character, Scott, Scott Harvath, is that, is, is he going to be played by a similarly named actor? I know that's your wish. I, so I talked many years ago to Scott Eastwood about it. Uh, lovely guy. We had a, just a quick phone call. Somebody introduced the two of us. I think he's a terrific, terrific actor. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of great actors in Hollywood. And so the studio has asked me not to play any favorites because they <laughs> they have their preferences. And what they want to do is they want to get kind of a short list and come to me and say, well, who do you really think would be able to take the role on and stuff? And there have been a couple other names floated, too. So we'll see. I hate to play coy about it, but I've been asked to be coy. Oh, I've the seen studio. the offer. I know how how this goes now i mean i i, I godfather is one of my favorite film series of all time oh, oh my god awesome. have you been watching the offer I so now i feel like i know how the is. movies are made so i know yes. exactly you're mario puzo except you know you didn't have any difficulty in getting your writing done but you're like puzo and you want who you want but then you got you know your producers that you got to wrangle with robert evans exactly and, yeah, exactly head. al ruddy exactly. and all of that al ruddy yep that yeah that that is that's uh i really i would love to see scott eastman in that role and you're right he's a great actor and i cannot see scott harvath as anybody but him though after you said that i can't see i it's see just happens. perfect it's so yeah, perfect. Would be perfect so i would love to I, I will go see this in the theater a million times if he plays him because i love scott eastwood he's been great in everything he does so look you're may, you're may, maybe that helps sway probably not at all but i'm offering i'm offering okay so your but rising tiger tell me about this that's the latest in your series this is like your 21st book in this series uh, and I love the play, which you normally do, but I, this is so incredibly timely. And now with everything blowing up, sadly, uh, tell us about this. So it's my 21st thriller. If you haven't read a Brad Thor thriller before, it's like seeing a James Bond movie. You oh, can go totally. and pick up the latest book. You don't need to have seen a Bond movie before. Same thing with my books. Uh, it's it's a thriller based on something China did two summers ago. They sent a team of Chinese soldiers over the Himalayas into India yes! to ambush a group of Indian soldiers, but they did it with homemade weapons. And they uh, fought like no in the firearms. mountains. Six hours in the Himalayas, throwing each other off cliffs and all this kind of stuff. It was amazing. And I said, I'm going to open up my thriller with that. And what it's going to be going forward is the United States trying to officially pull Japan, Australia, and India into an Asian version of NATO. We send a diplomat to India who gets murdered. Scott Harvath gets sent in to figure out what happens. And it's this really cool romp through a place. None of my contemporaries have done a spy thriller in India. And it was so, I learned so much, Dana, and it was a blast to write. That sounds, that's brilliant. That is, I'm hooked already. I cannot wait to read it. You all, you're really good at that, though. You always have like some pretty crazy, like pretty awesome openers that really get your attention. I cannot wait to see that, though, on film now, since we're beginning the Brad Thor series with uh, Scott Harveth. I can't wait to hear about that. So keep me updated. Like if you get, I promise, Kona Silence, if you get your guy, you know, 
Let me know so I can go I ahead can and plan you. a whole week to go and see it repeatedly in the theater. Brad Thor, bradthor.com, latest book, Rising Tiger, number one New York Times bestseller. Congratulations on all your success, my friend. It's so good to see you. And, and don't be good a stranger. To we got to have you back. I'd love to. Thanks, Dana. Thanks so much. Take care. The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation, performance, Caltech. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. So, oh man, this is crazy. A Florida caretaker was accused of stabbing the man that she provides care for with a marker and then shoving him out of a moving car in North Carolina. Oh, man. This woman, Arlene Bonitz of Palm Harbor, she was driving uh, on Interstate 95 with a man that she cares for, and she supports him because of his cognitive issues, according to Cumberland County Sheriff's Office. She stabbed him with a felt tip marker and then pushed him out of the car while driving 60 miles per hour. She ended up crashing her car. They were both taken to the hospital. He has bro- a broken pelvis and road rash everywhere. Uh, she's been charged with assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill. Her bond's been set at 75000 Now, see, there's a difference. Her bond's set at 75000 And what did they do to the guy who was defending himself in uh, Manhattan? Exactly. Exactly. They were trying to do half a million dollars for him. I'm just crazy. Uh, also, a Florida man, this is a good story, he lifted up an overturned Jeep to rescue a toddler in Flagler County after an accident. They saw a baby in there. And after this, 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 uh, he's literally said, he's like, there's a baby sticking out. And he told Fox 35 news, the baby boy is safe. Thankfully. Uh, and it was Gary Dormiville was right there when it happened and was able to respond, lift it. He jumped in to lift the Jeep so they could rescue the toddler. Um, Sounds like he's, I don't have a picture of him, but it sounds like he's jacked. I'm just saying. Or it's like one of those extraordinary circumstances where even like, you know, small people, they just, they see somebody that needs to be rescued in there. There's there's stories like that. Uh, Let's see here. Another all messed up case in Tampa. A woman in Brooks, well, outside of Tampa, she got in trouble after she made herself comfortable in someone else's home. So the homeowner was out of state. The pool cleaner notified the homeowner, there's some weird people inside your house. When deputies arrived, they saw a one woman named Amanda Roberts and another man named Corey Roberts, Amanda Robbins and Corey Roberts. They were there doing their drugs in the house and they found 66 grams of meth and credit cards that weren't theirs, checkbooks and personal identification cards, all not theirs. And they said, no, we entered through an unlocked sliding glass door. And then Robbins first entered the house, made herself comfortable. And when she realized the homeowners were out, weren't going to be coming back for a while, she invited Roberts to join her. So they are arrested each on $65,000 bond, and they are being held in place ahead of their trial. Just, gosh, I don't know if I really want to read this one. Cemeteries are like a place where you just don't do shenanigans. And in Hernando County, a man exposed himself to a woman at a cemetery. They arrested 28-year-old Daniel Ray Simpson. They found out also that on a, at a post office separately, uh, two days later, he exposed himself to somebody else. This woman was visiting a gravesite, visiting a gravesite, when she happened to look over and saw him being all weird. So he was arrested, and he's disgusting. Just gosh dang. 
just is there no decency? Stick with us. We have another hour on the way. I mean, was the administration aware that you know some of that oil could end up going overseas? So um, when it comes to um, the oil, it is something that uh, oil companies decide what you know we cannot control what oil companies do with their oil, um, and so uh, I would. You should ask the oil companies about where they are sending the oil they purchase and why. That is not something that we can answer from here. The Department of Energy I can't dictate. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's not... that was First off, this is like 15 minutes ago. Uh, that's Corinne Jean-Pierre because they were... She was answering these questions as to uh, what up with this, you know, the stuff that we're hearing about Biden sending our oil to what some are saying this looks like it could be you know financially benefiting you and there definitely those some evidence there she's like we just don't control where they send it that's not um yeah we don't control where we send yes the strategic petroleum reserve and that's not we don't control it that's nuts no one believes this Welcome back to the program. Third hour of the show. Good to be here with you, Dana Lash. And make sure you sign up for that newsletter, as always. I send all kinds of stuff on it. You're going to want it. She was asked about this story. It was the Washington Free Beacon that said how this past spring in April, actually, the Biden administration sold $950,000 of RSPR reserve barrels to a Chinese gas company. That a private equity firm co-founded by Hunter Biden owns a $1.7 billion stake in. Yeah. Did they think that nobody would notice? I'm curious. Did they actually think that nobody would notice this? Biden's energy department said the move would support American consumers and combat Putin's price hike. But the company... It's known as Sinopec, wholly owned by the Chinese government. That doesn't look like that's they 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 sold uh, nine hundred fifty thousand of these barrels from RSPR to Unipec, which is the trading arm of the China Petrochemical Corporation, which is commonly known as Sinopec. And so the administration said, "Oh, we're going to be addressing the pain that Americans feel at the pump. We're going to lower energy costs." Five, more than 5 million barrels of oil were released from our emergency reserves and sent overseas last month. That's according to Reuters. And the Biden administration said, well, the Unipex sale is going to support American consumers in the global economy in response to Putin's war of choice, Putin's price hike, blah, blah, blah. Because Unipex buys Russian oil. So... In May, the company significantly increased, significantly increased the number of hired tankers to ship a key crude from eastern Russia. And that was Bloomberg News. Now, Beacon, the Free Beacon says that the decision came one month after Unipex said it would purchase no more Russian oil going forward once shipments that have arrived in March and due to arrive in April were fulfilled. And it's interesting because the firm, and that's, I just can't believe that they thought nobody would notice this. There's the private, it, it, the, the Chinese gas company, this private equity firm owns a $1.7 billion stake in. That's who, that's the, that's the Sinopec, that's the sale. This private equity firm was co-founded by Hunter Biden. 
So he founded this in 2015. They bought a 1.7 billion stake in Sinopec Marketing. And then Sinopec went on to enter negotiations to purchase Gazprom in March. That's the Russia oil and gas. That was a month after Biden sanctioned it. Sanctioned Gazprom. I am very curious as to how much money they made off this. This, I mean, this, they bought a $1.7 billion stake. Hunter Biden's private equity firm. And I'm just amazed at this. This was on the heels of the Beacon's other story, how Chinese companies leaked to Hunter Biden could bail out Putin. Because that's what Sinopec was looking to do. They were helping Gazprom. And Hunter Biden, and remember, his dad gets a cut, has done business with all of them. Why is that not, how is that not a conflict of interest, number one? You're selling our strategic petroleum reserve barrels to the company that your son is going to make money off of. You and your son, I should add. I think that just further highlights how close they are to China. I mean, obviously. So how are you, you know, you're the president of the United States. You're out there leading this battle against American oil and gas. You're sending our strategic petroleum reserves to China who wanted to help out Gazprom. This is wild. Heaven forbid anyone ask a question on that. No questions, nothing from the press. And then she's like, oh, well, that's the company. That's the oil companies that did that. That was, now you see how ridiculous her answer is. That was the oil companies that did it. What you're telling me that the administration did not sell they don't, the oil companies don't control our strategic petroleum reserve. The federal government does. So how is that the oil companies deciding that they wanted to do this? So stupid. No, that's, that's a, she is horrible at her job. She is one of the worst press secretaries. She seems friendlier, but she's awful. That was a really lame dodge. Just Wild. Now, as Greg Price of Daily Caller has noted, or sorry, Washington Free, Beac- Washington Free Beacon has noted. So you had yesterday that uh, Medal of Freedom, free, uh, the, the ceremony, Medal of Honor ceremony, excuse me, that they had. And you had the only person, there was only a couple of people there who I didn't object to receiving anything, but they gave an award to Megan Rapinoe because she's a gay soccer player. She hasn't done anything but bitch and moan, but, you know, apparently that's a medal, worthy of a medal. And so Hunter Biden had a front row seat. How are you sitting front row when video of you fondling yourself in a sensory deprivation tank while you're smoking crack and drinking the day before was top story on every international newspaper and a major story in some and some here in the United States. It was the top story above the fold, the big graphic on Daily Mail, which is a British paper that is, has the biggest circulation in the world. How do you show your face after that? And all that video, that was all the stuff on his laptop. He loved recording himself being nasty on his laptop. He loved it. He, there's like apparently a million of these things. How do you show your face? 
Remember how they, again, I'll bring this up. Remember how they were trying to say that Melania Trump, because she had a topless thing that she did like 20 years ago, that that was cheapening the White House? How does having, how does not having Hunter Biden, an actual crackhead who screws prostitutes and does his own porn videos, like recently, as recently as two years ago, how does that not cheapen it? So he had a front row seat. I, did you all see him? He's on video. He's, he was right there, front row. And Joe paid for him to do that. Joe paid a lot of money to sit in that sensory deprivation tank and have some good times with himself on camera. I have a question. Did nobody running that facility, because it was a rehab facility, did no one running it think, it might not be good for you to take the crack and the alcohol into the sensory deprivation tank with you? Was that not a thought that occurred? So Joe Biden gave him money that he used for his Russian prostitution ring. Joe Biden confirmed on a voicemail that he all knew all about the overseas business dealings. Joe and Hunter sold American oil reserves to a Chinese company that Hunter uh, has a 1.7 with his, his private equity firm, $1.7 billion investment in. And Biden's people won't say a single thing. Not a single one of them. And Karine Jean-Pierre, whenever she's asked, I'm not going to talk about alleged material. So are you are you saying that the alleged video of Hunter Biden allegedly in a sensory deprivation tank allegedly fondling himself while allegedly smoking crack and allegedly drinking is alleged? Really? Oh, my gosh. See, this is why I could not be in the press corps. Because I would be holding up screenshots. Like, is this him right here? <laughs> is this him with the crack? I mean, the smokable one? I'm just asking. Is that him? It looks like him. Golly. Who smokes crack in rehab? I guess the rehab didn't work. Why is he also obsessed with literally recording everything his whole life and saving it? All the nasty stuff he does and saving it. Jeez. So there... Yeah, he did. He had the Russian prostitute thing, all kinds of stuff. Joe Biden paid for it. They made money off this. No questions answered. Washington Post doesn't talk about it. CNN doesn't talk about it. MSNBC doesn't talk about it. Now, the federal investigation, because this laptop has been a gold mine, Red State has a good write-up showing the just... I think that's just such weakness when they've compromised themselves in so many ways, financially and otherwise. They have the story on how Joe Biden was funding his son's involvement in the Russian escort ring. Jeez. I mean, it was $100,000. He wired $100,000 to Hunter Biden from December 20, 2018 through January 2019. And that's and Joe and Hunter Biden used thirty thousand dollars on escorts, Russian escorts. And there is one video where he apparently accosted an escort that was tied to this these Russian bank accounts. Jeez, I can't even. I don't even want to watch this. But it's so yeah. He and he filmed that too. He filmed himself uh, yelling and accosting this yelling at and accosting this Russian prostitute. Joe Biden financed that. Jiminy Christmas. 
Do you see what I'm saying? There's like so much. The only thing that they could get on Trump was they were trying to say, oh, he urinated. There was a pee video of, of him in Russia. He is such a germaphobe, notoriously so. Notoriously so. There's no, that's why I was like, there's no, I know that's bunk. This is just gross. So I, I know there's a lot of speculation that, well, one of the reasons that the media is not writing a lot about this is they're waiting to see if Biden wants to try to run again. They're waiting to see if he actually really does try to recommit to running in 2014, because then this is sort of uh, blackmail material. Well, if you run, then we're going to write all this stuff about you and your family, all the stuff that you and Hunter did. That's kind of the, that's the only thing I can think of. They really don't have any interest in protecting him all that much anymore, except to maybe protect some down ticket races because if you know he's not he has a really low approval rating so that's only going to depress down ticket democrat candidates it's not going to help them that's the only thing i can think of is that they're doing this to have material to prevent him from running i don't know we have more to discuss a lot more to discuss and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech So apparently penguins are also suffering from inflation and they're mad. They're mad about it. A viral video from a Japanese news network shows penguins at the Hakonian Aquarium refusing to eat a cheaper fish than what is normally given. They take it in their mouths, then they decide they don't like it and they drop it, said aquarium head uh, Hiroki Shimamoto. He said this to Yahoo News. He says, they sense that something's off. And the videos are actually kind of funny. They're being fed a mackerel called a saba instead of the more expensive, uh, I don't know how to say this, A-J-I, Aji. And the saba's larger. And so they don't, the, the penguins aren't picky. They just don't like bad fish. They just don't want it. So there you go. Inflation <clears throat> hitting everyone. Especially penguins. Okay, so the next one. New York City monkeypox cases double in one week. Can you stop? There's a meme that's funny. I sent it to you, Kane, over your bug bite. And it's a dog that's looking at, like, looking judgmentally at the camera. And it goes, I know how you got that monkeypox. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, Also, an active police. So the Georgia Guidestones, which no one knows what they are. Are they double-ish? They seem weird. It was destroyed by an explosive device the other night. So there's this active investigation, and they, they were shutting down roads. Uh, they, well, they were partially destroyed. A couple of them are still up. I think those are weird. It's weird, isn't it? Am I weird for They're thinking it's weird? supposed to have weird? instructions on how to start the world over Yeah, again. and it talks about like uh, uh, population control. That's a weird thing. So that's why I think they're weird, because I don't like the population control stuff. It's not a problem of having too many people. In fact, our generations are going to be too few. Stick with us. We got more in store back after this. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Peaceful protest. Uh, people should be allowed to be to be able to do that. In a restaurant. If it's outside of a restaurant, if it's peaceful, for sure. Really? Peaceful protest. We're, you were, your first question so to me just, was so, intimidation. So justices, because protesters do not agree with an opinion that they signed on to, have no right to privacy, is what you're but saying. But Peter, this is, this is, people have the right, to, this is what a democracy is. People, people have, have the right, right to privacy? 
of course people have a right to privacy, but people also have a right uh, to be able to protest peacefully. Is that peacefully? Safe? It's the, the intimidation and the violence that we condemn. Mm. So that was just a little bit ago. And it was uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre and, of course, Peter Ducey for Ducey Time. And he was asking her about this story that came out, how Brett Kavanaugh had to exit through the rear of a restaurant on Wednesday night because D.C. protesters showed up and they made it to where they had to, like, they, they ran him out. The restaurant is Morton's. Good place to get a steak. And Morton's also responded as well. Welcome to the program. Welcome back. Dana Lash here with you. And I mean, it is, it's crazy. This is crazy. Morton sent out, they, they, they condemned the protesters for what they did because they had, I mean, because Kavanaugh had to like sneak out the back. They've been following and protesting at their houses, etc. They gathered outside the steakhouse Wednesday night. They heard that Kavanaugh was inside and they called the restaurant's manager and demanded that he be kicked out, according to Politico. Morton's condemned the action of the protesters. They wrote to Politico, quote, Honorable Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh and all of our other patrons at our restaurant were unduly harassed by unruly protesters while eating dinner at our Morton's restaurant. Politics, regardless of your side or views, should not trample the freedom at, at, at play of the right to congregate and eat dinner. The statement con- continued. There's a time and place for everything. Disturbing the dinners, uh, the dinner of all of our customers was an act of selfishness and void of decency, end quote. So the protesters... They had to go through a backdoor exit. And one person said that, you know, he was he was able to finish his meal before he left. Good. I would have sat there and ate. I'm not going to be run. I'm going to finish my damn steak. I was going to criticize him if he left without finishing his meal. And so the left is all mad. What do you mean right to dinner? There's no right to that. Oh, man, the irony. Oh, the irony. Because they're mad, you see, about abortion. The irony. I mean, a smart person would say, well, it doesn't matter if you support or oppose abortion. The law on the, 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 the argument on which Roe v. Wade was predicated upon was a stupid one. And it was bound to cause conflict. And thus, at some point, eventually, it was going to go. A smart person would say that. These aren't smart people, though. Yes. But also, I mean... Just knowing that all these decisions go back to the states, there's no rights that have been taken away. There's nothing that have been taken away. Yet the media and the Democrats, because they need something to run on in November, have pushed this narrative that somehow your rights have been taken away. Yeah, you have a right to all this weird stuff now, but not your actual rights. Right. It's unreal, the narrative that these sheeple will believe. You have a a right to uh, apparently live in someone else's property without paying. You have that right. You have a right. What else you got rights at? You got all kinds of weird rights. You have a right to like get money just because you exist. Someone should just give you money. You have a right to that. <laughs> I think they have a right to not be offended. It's it's all silly. Yeah. It's all they have silly. a right to not be triggered. I'm literally offended right now. Literally, <laughs> nobody cares. So yeah, he was having. He did finish his dinner, 
and the the left is mad because they're they're trying to go up Morton's. The people who own Morton's, I've eaten at this Morton's before. They had uh, they have a nice uh, little uh, outdoor patio balcony area, and it was the shutdown DC group. They tweeted to Morton's. They criticized them for quote welcoming a man who so clearly hates women. Well, wait a minute. You got to ask yourself how why is it that he hates women, and not the people who made a bad law or or who argued a bad case and predicated it upon a law that they thought they thought the law meant something and it clearly didn't right i'm just curious curious about that yeah that's that's see that's just so stupid just you know leave people alone and also learn to read learn basic learn about how your body works i'm so tired of seeing these dumb broads out here going Oh, ectopic pregnancy, it's going to kill you, but you can't get an abortion. I mean, there's literally no modern technology that makes that that fetus viable if it's ectopic. Stop gaslighting people and thinking they're as stupid about their lady parts as you are. Stop it. It's so infuriating. You know what sets women back? Stupid broads that say the stupid stuff. That's what sets women back. No, I'm not going to be kind about it because I'm done. I'm so tired of hearing all of this gaslighting. Jiminy Christmas. Learn how your body works if you want to be empowered. You don't just like stub your toe and get pregnant. Learn how that happens. Golly. So, yeah, they ran him out. I am glad that he... I would have finished my steak too. See, again, why I could not be on the Supreme Court justice? I may or may not have like driven around front and flown a one-finger salute. Just saying. (laughs) That... That's see, that's why I shouldn't be in government because I will totally abuse my power. I'm just honest. I'm honest with you. Oh, my gosh. So we have this issue. Here's the other thing. I'm going to pull this up. So this uh, I have a bunch of economic stuff. I also wanted to give you an update on these agents, border agents. So the four horseback agents, remember, they're going to be disciplined because the administration didn't know what horse reins were. These horse, these agents were on horseback and they were at the Rio and the banks of the Rio. And they're telling these these people who had also illegally entered into Mexico, I feel like needs to be said. They're telling them, look, you can't you need to go back. You cannot come in here. And everyone's like, you you told them to go back to Mexico. That's so racist. That's not I mean, first off, they were also Hispanic border agents, but whatever. So they, you will remember these images. September 2021, the White House lost their mind. They said they were whipping them at the border. The photographer came out and said, that's literally not what happened. They are horse reins. Those are reins. They were, they were literally, you know, I'll use terms you can understand, driving the horse. I mean, that's... So they, and by terms you understand, the photographer to the administration. So they released, guys, they wrote 500 pages on this. Customs, Customs and Border Protection. They referred them for disciplinary action. A 500-page report was released this morning. 500 pages on this. They said that they acted unprofessionally and they used unnecessary force, but they did not whip the migrants with their reins. What? what? This doesn't make any sense. They said that they one agent on horseback grabbed a man and turned him around. Yeah. And? Yeah. And? 
They were on. There's also video of this, too, because apparently people don't know this. There's video of this, too. They didn't know such thing. And there was one guy. He's in uh, shallow water. It's less than waist deep. It's 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 I mean, he's standing up. His waist is out of the water. It's like thigh deep. And there's an agent on horseback. And apparently that was the thing. He fell because he was trying to push around the horse. And they were just using the horse to be like, no, you need to go back. You can't. You can't do this. And he was trying to get around the horse and he's wading in the Rio and he, he just fell over. And that was one of the charges, apparently, that they got that you knocked a you knocked a non-citizen down in the Rio. How dare thou? That's actually literally a thing. That's what they said. That's the dumbest thing. So the charges that they wanted disciplinary action at least they came out and said everything that we said about the whipping wasn't true but they had to come up with something because they made such a big deal about it they had to come up with something to to try to to make some issue of so they came up with this like stupid stuff they the first charge was poor judgment for telling non-citizens to go back to mexico or words to that effect and they said that The unsafe conduct charge was maneuvering your horse in a way that caused a non-citizen to fall into the river. Well, who entered the damn river? They did. I I saw the video of it. This was a shallow part that you can just walk across. Shut up. They act like you're in the rapids of the Colorado River. Stop. And they said that it compromised the safety of the non-citizen. They compromised their own safety by choosing to enter illegally like this. And they go, we consider, this is what the charges added. Listen to this one. You're going to get mad. We consider that your misconduct received significant media attention and had a negative impact on the reputation of the agency. No, what had a negative impact on the reputation of the agency was the administration accusing the agency of whipping people as they illegally walked across the Rio because it's real shallow right there. I mean, there's video, right? We have video. There's literal video. I'm, it, it is amazing. Just amazing. Yes, Ken, you look like you were wanting to say something. No, just, okay. There's several points I want to make. One I made in Slack, I don't, but the other one is Karine Jean-Pierre talked about this today, just about an hour ago, mm-hmm. saying that states, quote, should not be meddling in immigration policy. Mm-mm. Play that. No, I don't. She's Governor sa- Abbott in Texas issued an executive order today um, calling on the National Guard and officials there to apprehend undocumented immigrants. So I'm wondering if the administration is planning any legal response and if you'll prohibit the National Guard from participating. So I'll say this, the Im- immigration enforcement is a federal authority uh, and states should not be mandating it, uh, meddling in it. Uh- that when we're a border state and we pay taxes yeah. and all of that, no, we're ex- absolutely. Yeah, where are they do that. sitting making these decisions? They're nowhere near the border. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So, so Abbott, he cleared state authorities to return migrants they apprehend to the border. He he had a, a he he had a new. They've sent out a press release about this, and some are saying, "Oh, he's testing the limits of state authority." What? He, they allocated $4 billion. The state had to do this. We, taxpayers in Texas, we had to pay $4 billion. Mm-hmm. 
to to deal with the border because the federal government won't do it. And honestly, I think we should start sending everybody an invoice because it's not just a border state issue. It's an everywhere issue. And so his they released a, a statement yesterday, actually, uh, under Operation Lone Star. He's authorized National Guard service members and other troopers to arrest migrants like trespassing, etc. And they uh, they want to return them to the return them to the border, return them there. So not yeah. only have the, has this administration proven that, um, you know, they're not interested in securing the border, they're not interested in protecting the United States, but then they go and fly them and bust them all over the country. I think we should take them to Delaware, specifically right around Joe Biden's beach house. That'd be a fantastic idea. I mean, it's great there. They he, would love it. I mean, you know, who wouldn't love that beach he's got a community? lot of room. He's got a lot of room I for I mean, him. they look like there's a lot of nice restaurants and stuff right there, you know, and yeah. ice cream stuff. He loves ice cream. You know, get you a snack. Sounds real good, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, go to have some beach time. Just saying, you know, sounds like, why not? Then that's when that's when they'll get real upset. Like when they get real upset over green stuff. Remember how Teddy Kennedy was flipping out over the turbines oh, yeah. for wind power that were too near his beachfront home in Massachusetts? He got so mad over that they tried to stop it. Yeah. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. In all 50 states in the District of Columbia to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. When tens of millions of women vote this year, fastest way to restore Roe ro, than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. This is the first use of a weapon to murder someone in, the, in Japan. So he was on a roll today, Joe Biden. And the left is mad <clears throat> if you joke about his horrible speeches and remarks and just words period they go how dare you make fun of his stutter someone told me that today already i've seen it everywhere that's their big comeback today how dare you make fun of his stutter totally on brand i guess wait that's not a stutter do you not know what a stutter is shut up stop appropriating what other people deal with to excuse this macaroni mind dude stop it so ridiculous i mean it is i it was bad he's back in delaware he's going back to delaware juan is suspects that he goes back to get treatment for something that's just saying just saying his uh, his uh approval rating is new low i'm sure he's gonna get mad over that he thinks that he's i think he thinks he's fine because whenever they ask him, are you going to run again? Are you going to run? There's that one video where they asked him that and he was kind of mad about it. Like, how dare you? Out of spite, he'll stay in. I think that's why they have all the Hunter Biden stuff. Because he will stay in out of spite and tank the whole party. So they, I think they have this so they can kind of hold it over his head. We'll see how that works. Juan goes, what if Hunter wants to run? Oh, man, the oppo on that would be... No, 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 no. All right, Kane, today's stupidity. All right, believe it or not, it's our president. Uh, this is what he really, said I am shocked. Instead of actually repeating the line, he read on the teleprompter what it said. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. 
Repeat the line. Repeat the that's line. Almost as, that's almost as bad as NBC Today playing footage featuring South Korean flags while discussing Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Wow, they're just on a roll today, aren't they? All aren't they all? Folks, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And make sure you sign up. Chapter and verse the newsletter. Subscribe and all the links in all my social media profiles, Facebook, everywhere else. I'll be back with you on Monday.